two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Caribou, Maine, this is The Big Vib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Wow, welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the insulated ruminants of truth and the undercoated cloven ungulation of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for live in studio audience. <laughs> moo, moo, moo. <laughs> moo, moo, moo. Lisa, what are you doing? Oh, this is so funny, huh? What? Did you, did you say something, Deborah? Yes, I just introduced you because we're going to play our game now. Weren't you paying attention? Deborah, you should know by now that I am not very good at paying attention to you. Yes, I'm aware. But you're usually pretty good about paying attention when we're playing our game. But today you seem to be distracted with that book in your hands. Yeah, I just can't stop reading it. It's so funny. You got to read it, Deborah. Okay. Uh, how about if we talk about this hilarious book, can we then get back to the show? Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, so tell me about the book you're reading. Okay, it's called Hey, You're Not Santa, and it's by my favorite children's author, Ethan T. Berlin. Oh, right. Author of such classic children's books as The Hugely Wordly Spider and I Am Not a Dog Toy. Oh, that's the one. He's great. <laughs> okay, so this one is about Santa Claus? Uh, sort of. It's really about a cow who has to fill in for Santa on Christmas Eve. Oh, that does sound funny. Yeah, and then the cow meets a kid while she's making deliveries, and well, you gotta read it for yourself, Deborah. Okay, I definitely will. Thank you for the recommendation. And now I would like to recommend that we get back to the show. So, Lisa, could you please put the book down just for now and tell everyone how our game works? Okay, yeah, sure, but I'm gonna read it again after we finished here. A book, you just have to sit here for a little bit, okay? I'll get back to you, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other... This... This is... This is terrible. The other is a liar? Mm. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who. Because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. Deborah, what are we lying about today? Well, I'm glad you asked. We are lying about reindeer. Large, hooved mammals found in the northern areas of Europe, Asia, and America. Lisa, do you know a lot about reindeer? Oh, I know that there's a super silly part in the book I'm reading. You know, uh, Hey, You're Not Santa by Ethan T. Berlin. And the cow has to name all of the reindeer. Spoiler alert, there is no reindeer named Moodoff. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> okay. Well, if that's all you know about reindeer, I think we have a lot to learn today. Actually, I know a lot about reindeer. I'm practically a reindeer expert, but I don't want our expert to feel inferior or less than. So I'll just keep all of that reindeer intel to myself. Sure, sure. Okay. But can you share intel about who our contestant is today? Sure thing! Our human child contestant is an 11-year-old who loves to vacation in Stonington, Maine, and wants to be an architect. Joshua Pulaski! 
All right. <laughs> Welcome, Joshua. How are you doing today? Good. I'm so glad. So let me ask you some questions about what Lisa just said. You want to be an architect? Is that true? Yeah. What do you want to build or design? Are there certain buildings that interest you or maybe bridges or something like that? What would you like to do? Really, like anything that like designing pretty much is what I like to do. Like mm. I like designing like houses. Like I just Ooh. love like drawing the designs and that kind of stuff. Very cool. I like that. Might I recommend a robot mansion? That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. What would you put in a robot mansion in your design, Joshua? Uh, I don't really know. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It begins with Slurpee and it ends with machine. I want a Slurpee machine. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you cover that in architecture school, but yeah. Well, pass it on to the Slurpee department. Uh, Okay. Very good. I'm sure we can do that. And Joshua, you also like to travel to Maine, to a particular place, Stonington, Maine. What's in Stonington, Maine that's nice to visit or see or do? A bunch of little shops. Like, we always, like, rent a house down there and mm. live there for a couple weeks. It's really nice. It's like, go to the aquarium and mm. it's really fun. Sounds very nice. I'll book my next trip there. They have oxygen there? Oh, good question. Yes. Is there oxygen to breathe there, Joshua? Yes. <laughs> Good. Oh, yeah. I, I know humans love that stuff. We really do. That sounds like a great vacation for you. <laughs> Super cool. Well, Joshua, we would like to know a bit more about you, but we're going to do it by playing a game, and that game would be Two Truths and a Lie. You, Joshua, will share with us three facts. Two of those facts will be true. One will be a lie. Lisa and I and anyone listening to the show will try to figure out which one of those facts is a lie. And then along the way, we'll learn a couple more truths about you. So, Joshua, what are your three facts? Okay, number one is I have two cats. Number two is I have a brother from another country. And number three is I know how to do fencing. Okay, a brother from another country. I'm intrigued, but also suspicious. What do you think, Lisa? Mm. Well, one thing that I know is that there are multiple countries. There are, yes. So it's conceivable that he could have a brother from another country. I don't know how many cats there are in the world, but I'm guessing at least two. Hmm. And then the thing about fencing, I, I th isn't that when you like sword fight people to the death? No, not to the death. No. Mm -mm. I don't. He doesn't sound like he's sword fighting people <laughs> to the death. That's I think that's got to be the lie. Well, I doubt that he would be sword fighting people to the death, but I hope not. That's terrible. That would be terrible. True. Okay, Joshua, which one of those three facts is a lie? I don't have two cats. Okay. Ah, I knew there were only one cat in the world. No. Well, do you have any cats, Joshua? Yes, I have three. Ooh, three cats. Wow. I just want to say that if you have three cats, you also have two cats. That's, well, that's fair. You do. And you also have one that's cat. True. That's fair. Technicality, but all right, I'll allow it. I'm going to bring this up on appeal. I think you should. Okay, but that also means, Joshua, that you know how to do some fencing. You're not fencing people to the death, are you? Yeah, don't do that. No. That's good. <sighs> Excellent. That sounds really fun. You enjoy it, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a brother from another country. Please to explain. He's from Uzbekistan. Wow. Very cool. Well, what's his name? Jacob. 
Shout out, Jacob. Hey, Jacob. Very cool. Also, while we're giving shout outs, shout out to your cats. Uh, yeah. What are their names? Brownie, Sushi, and Snowface. Aww. I like it. All right. Shout out to them, all of them. Okay. Very good. And Joshua, tell us, what do you know about reindeer? Do you know a thing or two? Not much, really. Okay. Well, then we're all going to learn a bit, I would imagine. Let's get on with the show. Lisa, can we get some music for our reindeer experts? Oh, it's beginning to look a lot like you have reindeer. (laughs) And I notice you have them because they're scraping up our floor. I wish you would have had them put on the slippers we gave to you. (laughs) Very nice. Thank you. Okay. Our first expert is Todd Salas. Todd, please introduce yourself to Joshua. Sure. Hi, Joshua. Uh, I'm Todd Salas. Uh, I am a Hollywood reindeer wrangler. Uh, I work for uh, Mike's Movie Menagerie, and uh, I'm in charge of all the reindeer that we have. Thank you very much, Todd. Let's meet our second expert, Sarah Barkalo. Sarah, please introduce yourself to Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Uh, my name is Sarah Barkalo. Um, I am a animal caretaker up in Alaska, where I help take care of a herd of reindeer. Thank you very much, Sarah. Drop it like it's hot. Well, that sound is just about as jolly as bells on a sleigh, Lisa. Oh, I was going more for snazzy than jolly, but either way... It is hot seat time! Okay, yes, it's hot seat time. And that's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Joshua's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Uh, Sarah Barkalo, because I love dogs. Oh, the bark. See, I get it. Very good. All right, we'll take it. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't get it and then I'd have to explain it. Okay, fine. Would you like to explain it? No, you got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, Joshua. What is your first question for Sarah? What is a normal day like at your job? That's a really great question. Um, And it really does vary. Um, So typically I come in and the first thing I want to do is um, health checks. So I go and check all the animals, um, make sure everybody is um, healthy, nothing is wrong with them. And then We usually go into our feeding routine, feed, water, um, and then we'll go into like our routine handling that we do. We do a couple low stress handling training exercises with many other animals. Um, And we also do a lot of research with scientists. So depending on what projects we have going on, typically that will take up a good portion of the day. Very cool. Do you name all the reindeer? Yes, everybody has a name um, and an ID number. And when the calves are born in the spring each year, um, that year of calves gets a theme. So like we have a Harry Potter theme (gasps) and we did Lord of the Rings. Cool. Disney princess theme. Oh, did you name them all like Voldemort and Voldemort 2 and Voldemort 3? Oh, no, no, no. We don't do villains. Uh, We don't need that kind of energy in the herd. Okay. I'm with you. I understand. I love that. Very cool. Okay, back to you, Joshua. Okay, this is for Todd. What is a normal day for you? Yeah, so there are actually a couple different ways our, uh, my day might go. Um, most days we aren't filming, so my duties are more related to keeping the reindeer happy and healthy. Um, 
Uh, LA is a lot warmer than their natural habitat. So uh, we have them sleeping indoors at night uh, in the stable, which uh, is really like a, a horse's stable, but we keep it air conditioned. Um, but in the morning I go in and I feed them. And then uh, I will go around and brush each of them every day. It's uh, their spot treatment. Uh, and then um, every couple of weeks, I give them a bath. So we kind of will cycle through whose bath day it might be. Um, and then a lot of time out in the yard so they can run and socialize. Uh, but on filming days, they start a lot earlier. I'll get up and I'll have to load them into the trailer, take them to wherever the set is. Um, and then I try to keep their filming to just three or four hours at a time and give them a break because it can be stressful uh, with the lights and, and all the people around. Very cool. I wish Deborah would give me a break. <laughs> you get lots of breaks. I she makes me film for like five hours. <laughs> I think you have more breaks than not. I think you have plenty of breaks. Mm. Mm. Take it up with the All robot right. union, why don't you? Oh, I will. <laughs> okay. Back to you, Joshua. This question is for Sarah. What makes reindeer different from other types of deer? Um. So, yeah, there's actually a lot of uh, things that make them unique within the deer family. Um, probably the most common or the most prominent one is that they're the only members of the deer family where both males and females grow antlers. Mm. Um, so you won't find any other deer species where the females are growing antlers. Um, and interestingly, the males always will drop their antlers in um, wintertime, usually October, November. Um, and the females keep them all winter long. They don't drop them until the spring. So uh, most of Santa's reindeer are actually females. <gasps> wow. I did not know that. Because the males are still looking for their antlers. That's right. They're like, oh my God, I dropped them. Where'd I go? <laughs> Interesting. Joshua, back to you. This question is for Todd. Are reindeers endangered? And if so, why? Yeah. So um, I, I really like reindeer. And so even though I'm not dealing with them out in the wild with my job, I've learned a lot about them and they are actually endangered. Um, there are a couple subspecies that have gone extinct, but kind of overall, they're, it's, it's hard for them to get as much food sometimes as they need. So because of their difficulty finding food, um, many of the, the reindeer in the wild are, are suffering from malnutrition, uh, sometimes starvation that can impact the reproductive rates uh, and can lead to more of them dying than uh, being born. So that's kind of leading to uh, their being endangered. Oh, sad. Joshua, we'll come back to you with your next question. Okay, this is for both of you. What is the most difficult part of your job? Really, the most difficult thing is dealing with the actors and directors. Mm -hmm. um, most of them are great, uh, but you get folks who don't know how to behave around reindeer. Um, some want to go up and pet them, and some want... We've had some young folks try to ride them, oh. uh, and, and some directors want them to do things that they just can't do, and they don't understand the limitations with the training and their abilities. And so the reindeer are great. Uh, I, I like them a lot, but the... Uh, some of the humans that I have to interact with can be a, a little tricky. <laughs> They're the hardest part. So what can't they do? They can't do cartwheels or what? what, what? <laughs> yeah, so... They're they're smart, but they're not as smart as the dogs we have at our company, the birds we have. Um, you know, they can learn to kind of walk forward or stop on command. 
Um, they're really good at standing still. Uh, they, there are a few of them that I can get to kind of make their grunt or kind of guttural sounds on cue, um, but they can't really do any impressive tricks. Oh, all right. Fair enough. This changes my whole one-man show. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to really have to rethink this, Deborah. Yeah, I think so. Find a different animal, perhaps. Yeah. Okay, so Sarah, over to you. Well, I guess the most difficult part of my job can sometimes be the animals. Uh, So not all year round, but during the fall or the rut or breeding season, um, the reindeer males in particular get, uh, you know, really aggressive. Um, They're very unhappy. And so that can make it difficult to be around them safely. So that is difficult. And also, you know, they're a true Arctic animal. Um, we are pretty far north, so being out in the cold to take care of them is also difficult. Yes. So is it dangerous to be around the reindeer when they're in that type of mood? Yes, they can be very dangerous. Um, their uh, oh, dear. hormones are kind of going all over the place, and mm. um, they are very aggressive. They will attack each other, attack humans, pretty much anything. Wow. Rude. That's a whole different scene than the reindeer pulling the sleigh. But it's only for a couple months out of the year. Got it. Joshua, what is your next question? Sarah, can you ride reindeer? We do not ride the reindeer here, but the Samai people, they definitely can ride reindeer. It's not uncommon. You see people ski jor with reindeer. Um, They'll pull sleds. So it's possible, but I personally have never ridden a reindeer. Who are the Samai people? The Samai people are the indigenous people in Lapland. And they do ride reindeer. Yes. Uh-huh. And in Mongolia as well. So Very cool. Joshua, that's over to you. Okay. This is for both. What do you guys love about your jobs? I love vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should spend your next vacation up north where you can meet some reindeer, Lisa. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have so much fun. They're pretty perfect. Well, like the worst thing can be the animals. Also, the best thing is also the animals. So getting to spend time with them, especially, you know, when calving season is here and they're being born, um, it's really uh, magical. I bet. We won't tell anybody, but do you have a favorite reindeer? I do. Yes, I do. (gasps) Her name is Wiki. She's about six years old. Oh, was Wiki born during a particular themed naming season? Yeah, Wiki was um, social media. So we had a Wiki, <laughs> Twitter, uh, Bing. Funny. So very cute. Love it. <gasps> you should have a podcast year. We could have a big fib yeah. <laughs> reindeer baby next year. Oh my gosh. There could be a Deborah and a Lisa. And then another Lisa and then four more Lisas. That would be <laughs> awesome. I'll put it on the list for our name theme ideas. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How about you, Todd? What do you love about your job? Yeah, I think there are two things. Uh, the first, uh, like Sarah, uh, is the animals. Um, I feel like I've really gotten to know them, kind of know their personalities. Um, they're kind of surprisingly friendly for especially their size. And then second, and it feels a little silly, I guess, but I really like Christmas a lot. And um, it's kind of fun working on Christmas movies because they don't film during the Christmas season. And so Mm. 
it, it'll be the summer or, you know, the spring and I'll get to be on set. And it's kind of like I get extra Christmas kind of sprinkled throughout the year. So uh, a nice so perk. That's, yeah. I would also like to know if you have a favorite reindeer. You know, if you promise not to tell them. Uh, I do. I, I promise. I do. Um Toulouse. Oh, Toulouse. Uh, we have 10 at our, our place, and, and Toulouse is my favorite. Oh, sweet. I just like to hear the names. Okay, Joshua, do you have some more questions for our reindeer experts? Yes. This is for Sarah. How are reindeer helpful to people? That's a really good question. Um, so reindeer, you know, reindeer caribou, you can find them all over the Northern Hemisphere, but and they've been probably the most recently domesticated animal. Um, so a couple of thousands of years ago, they were domesticated in Europe and Asia, and the indigenous people have been using them for transportation, for meat, basically really tied their survival to maintaining those reindeer herds. Um, and even here in you know, Alaska and Canada, the hunting of caribou and maintaining of reindeer herds as a meat animal is um, still very prominent. And so as far as, you know, a food resource in the Arctic, they're kind of a vital member for humans, but also in the, the ecosystem. Yeah. What animals like to eat reindeer? Their main predators? Robots. <laughs> robots. <laughs> That's a new one. But uh, wolves, bears, mm. um, those are the main predators. Okay. Good question, Joshua. I like that one. What other questions might you have? This is for Todd. Do reindeers live in large herds or small groups or on their own? Um, so generally they can they can range. They're in herds. Sometimes they can be small, uh, 10 to a few hundred. But there's actually a type of reindeer, the tundra reindeer. Um, in the spring when they're migrating, it can get up to like 500,000. Wow. It's kind of nuts. Um it's just the big group crossing all at the same time and is technically a herd, even though they might not always live or, or stay together. Um, so yeah, so so large herds would, would be the answer. Uh, this one's for Sarah. Do reindeer sometimes break off from one herd and join another? Uh, yes, that's pretty common. So reindeer, they have one of the largest land migrations uh, in North America. So as caribou and reindeer herds are migrating around, uh, it's not uncommon for them to, you know, switch herds, transition, move to different and new areas. And in Alaska, the herds are designated by their calving grounds. So the animals return to their traditional calving grounds in the springtime. But throughout the rest of the year, that does not mean that they're with the animals that they're calving with, specifically. Todd, what is the difference between caribou and reindeer? Well, I feel like it's kind of a trick question a little bit, because technically, caribou and reindeer are the same thing. It's kind of uh, like synonyms. But there are some kind of subtle distinctions, because more often than not, in North America, they're referred to as caribou. And in Europe and Asia, they're referred to as reindeer. Um, and so because of the differences in those regions, they have started to kind of change in, in the way they, they kind of look. So in, in North America, where they're referred to as caribou, they have a larger migration across the whole continent. And that has kind of led to them being a little taller uh, with kind of longer legs than the ones, the reindeer uh, over in Europe and Asia. And, and some folks even just say once they're domesticated then that, that's when the name kind of flips and that they'll call them reindeer once they're, they're more domesticated. Okay, this is for Sarah. What is a reindeer's preferred food? 
Well, their number one favorite food is probably lichen. Um, lichen is a really cool plant. It's a kind of a hybrid plant mixed between a fungus and an algae. It's very slow growing. And in the wintertime, it will make up anywhere from like 70 to 80% of their winter diet. Wow. My winter diet is cupcakes. <laughs> Not at all like lichen, unless you're making lichen cupcakes. Yes, they're lichen cupcakes. And you liken them a lot? I liken them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So lichen, very interesting. So they are, they're vegetarians is what you're saying, Sarah. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. They're true herbivores. Nice. Those were great questions. Well done, Joshua. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Okay, it's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before the time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Joshua will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. And then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, you'll have to answer quickly. It's a real dasher drop situation. All right, Joshua, we're going to start with Todd. You can ask Todd your shorts on fire questions now. Are reindeer hooves bigger in the winter or the summer? They're actually bigger in the winter. They, they kind of expand, which helps uh, the reindeer have traction on ice or kind of walking through the snow like a, a snowshoe. Who wrote the Christmas song up on the housetop where reindeer paws on the rooftop? Oh, man. I, I think I could sing the whole song for you, but <laughs> I have no idea who wrote that. That's okay. Uh, I, I have to pass. How long ago were reindeer first tamed for the human use? Oh, gosh. I know indigenous folks trained them. Uh, I'm thinking of a couple thousand years. What do you call animals like cows and reindeer that have a four-chambered stomach? Oh. Uh, oh super hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think it's quadrogastric. What helps reindeer chew grass if they don't have teeth in the top of their jaws? I think that's the uh, the grinding palate. About how many miles does a caribou migrate? I think between 700 and 800, uh, kind of round trip. Fact or fib, there is a rare type of reindeer in Australia. Oh, there aren't. I mean, unless people take them there. Uh, there are not reindeer in Australia. What is the air sac called that helps reindeer grunt and snort? I think it's called the guttural air chamber. That is time. That's all the time. It's called a snort bag. I have one too. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, Lisa, would you kindly reset the timer? Did it. Thank you so much. Okay, we reset the timer for Sarah. So, Joshua, please ask Sarah your shorts on fire questions now. Name three of the eight reindeer that pulled Santa's sleigh in the poem, Twas a Night Before Christmas. Dasher and Dancer and Prancer? 
Why do reindeer's eyes change color in the winter? So that's kind of a trick question because their eyes don't change color, but their tapeta lucidum, which is the part that reflects light back and allows them to see in the dark, that changes color to a better absorbed light in low light situations since, you know, in the Arctic, it's dark most of the winter. Around how many reindeer can you find in the super herd? I don't really know what the biggest herd that they've ever counted, but I would guess 300,000 or so. What is the name of the reindeer in the Disney movie Frozen? Uh, I think it's Sven. How does a reindeer's nose warm air while it breathes? Oh, so they have something really cool that are called nasal turbinates, and it's basically this double spiraled structure in their nose that's full of blood vessels um, that has a counter current heat exchange system that warms the air as they breathe in. The red light at the front, it lights it up and heats it. Mm. It's a heating light. Mm -hmm. Fact or fib, reindeer survive the ice age. That is a fact. Can reindeer swim? Yes, they're actually really great swimmers. Wow, okay, and that's time. That's all the time, sorry bro. Okay, expertly done experts, I must say. It is decision time. Joshua must think about all the facts he heard today to figure out who is fibbing. Joshua, who is our big fibber? I think it's Todd. (gasps) Why do you think Todd is our fibber? To me, his answers sound more made up. Hmm, I see. Okay then, will the actual reindeer expert please say, I am the reindeer expert. I'm the reindeer expert, so good job, Joshua. (gasps) That is correct. Good job, Joshua. You did it. That is correct. Sarah Barkalo is a research technician who oversees the University of Alaska Fairbanks' large animal research station, where they study reindeer and muskoxen. What's a muskox, Sarah? Muskox are like reindeer, uh, a survivor of the Ice Age, and they're basically just like a very large Arctic goat. Ooh, cool. I love that. Someone called me that once. (laughs) Is that a fact? Yeah. All right. Well, that was very good fib finding, Joshua. Let's see what kind of fibs we were told in our fact-checking round. Sarah, what were some of the main lies you heard Todd tell? Well, I think he did a great job on his (laughs) fibs. That's nice of you. I guess the the one that made me laugh was um, the four-chambered stomach. I think he called it a quadro something. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but those types of animals, they're called ruminants. Mm-hmm. So, And the rumen is the largest chamber of that stomach, which is where they get the name. I see. Very good. He also said that caribou migrate across the whole continent, but that's not really accurate. They oh. they still like to stay in the north. Um, I think the lar- longest migration is about 2,000 miles, so still a good distance, though. Got it. Oh, and I guess they're not endangered uh, oh. yet. Hopefully they won't be, but right now they're just listed as a threatened species due to habitat changes. You tell me who's threatening them, yeah. and I will take care of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly climate change. So um, mm. reindeer, caribou, they rely heavily on old growth areas. Um, and as the temperature is increasing in the Arctic, we're seeing more wildfires, and that threatens those types of habitats. So that's the main reason why they're listed right now as threatened. Oh, dear. we got to do something about that nasty old climate change, is what I have to say. Okay, Todd... 
It would behoove you to tell us of your deceptions. What did you tell us that was false? Sure. So some of the stuff, and I appreciate Sarah pointing it out. I'm going to blame the internet on some of those because there are some things I thought were true, and I think that's just uh, some other folks maybe lying on the internet. But exactly right. I said quadrogastric instead of ruminant. I said that the reindeer chew grass using their grinding palate instead of their dental plate. Mm-hmm. And I said that they grunt and snort with their guttural air chamber instead of their laryngeal air sacs. Snort bag. It's called a snort bag. It is not <laughs> called a snort bag. Laryngeal <laughs> air sac sounds better. Yeah, I think so. And then I lied entirely about the dream job I was describing having being oh. a Hollywood uh, a reindeer wrangler. That's the dream. The hope. And that's one the day. dream. One day, maybe, <laughs> Todd. One day. And just so you know, the person who wrote the Christmas song Up on the Housetop, that was Benjamin Russell Hanby, who, by the way, was born in 1833 in Ohio and was involved in the Underground Railroad. There's a Hanby house in Westerville, Ohio. FYI. Oh, let's go back to the expanding and shrinking hooves, Sarah. What can you tell us about that? Oh, that is actually not something I've ever heard before. So... Oh. It was a lie, though. I did lie. I flipped it. Yeah. Uh, Trick question. You haven't noticed them wearing different shoes in the winter? (laughs) They don't typically change them out, but... Hmm. (laughs) Well, those were some excellent facts, I have to say. I learned quite a bit. But we've come to the tail end of our show. Thanks to our contestant, Joshua, who clearly norse a lot about finding fibbers and thank you to our expert and liar sarah and todd and to lisa our cyberian sound robot and of course many thanks to our listeners tuning into the big fib where we hold the truth dear the big fib is a production of gen z media for more great shows visit gzmshows.com while you're there you can send questions for me to read on ask lisa and find out how you can participate and follow us on social media the big fib podcast for behind the scenes photos and more true facts one breath nailed it (laughs) I don't breathe. Fantastic. Amazing. Good night. Good job. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, We help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.